Welcome everyone to another weekly slab. This is episode number nine and we've got a great episode on the way today because we have a lot of really important things to discuss in my opinion. Uh, Nate did some great research. We've got some research from Gemrate. We're going to look at some grading updates between SGC and PSA and then we will be talking about the, the big topic of today. Uh, is the sports card market fatigued? And not necessarily the entire market, just certain aspects of the market, which you will hear about in a little bit. So sit back and uh, let's jump into today's episode. And don't forget, we do have a FlipQuest 2022 update, which is a big update today. There's a lot of stuff that's moving and shaking with us uh, with our PWCC weekly auction buying and selling. And then we've got the classic who's hot, who's, hot, who's not to uh, end off today's episode. But just kidding, because what's going to end today's episode is a Slapstocks FC update about the USA national team struggling and also the transfer window, as there were some big moves uh, that happened in the winter window. So Zach will cover that. But uh, Nate, welcome to today's show. Hey, happy to be here. And welcome everyone to listening as well. We're happy to have you. Uh, to start off today, we are going to jump in right away. And I want you all, as you listen to us, to think about how have you been grading cards in the new year in 2022. And we love to gather as much feedback as we can. So if you want to, and you're a weekly slab listener, if you're on YouTube, you can drop a comment in the comments of this video. You're on podcasts a little harder. So if you want to go over to YouTube and leave your thoughts, you can do that too. But we are going to be talking about the January 2022 submissions between PSA, SEC, and BGS. Um, this is all courtesy of Ad Gemrate on Instagram. They have a ton of different pop report data they gather and display, and it's super impactful, in my opinion. It shows a lot. So this is January 2022 total items graded, what you see on the screen right now. 775,000 items graded by PSA. That's a 0% change from December 21 to January 2022. SGC is at 81,000 for January 2022. They were not tracking SGC how much they are grading in December. They started in January now, so we'll know in February what the percent change will be. And for BGS, they're at 61,000, which is 20,000 lower than SGC, but that increased 24% from December 21 to December or January 2022. Now, all that info is pretty impactful, I'd say. First off, we can see that PSA absolutely has the most workforce and the most cards to mow through because uh, 775,000 is not a small amount of cards. That is a lot of dang cards. I mean, we knew that they had a 10 million some card backlog. So to clear through that, you're going to be grading a lot of cards each month. And on top of that, obviously, they're going to get some new submissions as well. Um, but they are still dedicating most of their workforce to clearing that backlog. Uh, both Nate and I now at this time within the last... I'd say, I don't know, Nate, what was it, like a month, less than a month ago, we got our submissions that were, were back finally that were outstanding for over a year. Yeah, uh, sometime so, in January. Yeah, yeah. So ours were cleared. Uh, I'm sure a lot of other people who have them in December uh, or who submitted in December 2020 uh, though, or January 2021, those are getting done now. I've also heard that some people's aren't, though, so I guess let us know <laughs> in the Still comments. Still waiting on our... Uh... Pre-2016. Yeah, to pop. Which is interesting. If you think about it, because there's got to be a lot less of those cards being submitted. Uh, but Nate, overall, the three different companies, the breakdown, what's your biggest takeaway from this January 2022 22 items graded? Uh, well, clearly there's no catching PSA. They're a runaway train, but second place is up for grabs. And um, SGC, not, uh, being 20,000 cards when you're dealing with under 100,000 cards is a huge margin. It doesn't look like that much when you're looking at 775,000 cards above it. But <clears throat> when you're dealing with, you know, the, that much smaller of a margin, 20,000 is a ton. Um, SGC, are they clearly, are they clearly number two now? There's going to be a lot of people are going to say, 
and I hear this every single week, month, day. And we, I've been talking about BGS for years like this now. BGS hasn't switched what they've been doing for the last decade. I know it because I started grading BGS when I was in 2012 and eighth grade. First cards I ever sent was to BGS, other than actually having an online submission portal, which literally looks like the form I filled out 12, 13 years ago, whatever. Um, not that it wasn't that long ago, I guess 11 years ago. It, it's they haven't changed a single thing. And when your brand doesn't increase the brand equity and you don't communicate with customers well, and you don't do anything to help out those customers by getting the backlog cleared, um, you're going to lose not only market share in the grading world, but in the secondary market value world. And to me sitting here today, yeah, 100% SGC is number two. Now, a lot of people are going to give me crap for that probably, but I don't really care because when you have a company that you can send cards to and get them graded in 13 days for $30 a card, when other people have bulk submissions have been sitting at a different company for a year and a half, and then also the only option to grade with them is now $150 or something, $125. I think they may be done some stuff to lower some groups groups of rates along the way now, but they're saying that's going to take six months to get them back at like $50, $60, but the secondary market values aren't there anymore. Just makes no sense to me. Now, I will say that some people are also going to say, oh, well, you're big partners with SGC, and that is true. But at the same time, we only make partnerships that we believe in. And we have countless examples of what we've done with SG, or the cars we've graded with SGC recently that have performed very well. Um, we've been selling them to PWCC, selling through the weekly auction, as obviously we do our live stream bidding and, and selling with the FlipQuest 2022. And it works. And the company, the management at SGC is wonderful. Uh, Peter, the head, is super young and he is very innovative and he's got his foot on the gas and I don't see them stopping anytime soon. So if you are looking to grade with SGC, I would not recommend waiting too long because our most recent submission that I got back was 13 days from the time it got there, 13 business days. You know, they were advertising 45 to 50 days to under promise and over deliver a couple weeks ago. They made their new updates when they lowered that to 20 to 25 days, but it was done in 13 days, guys. Like that is insane. I've also heard of other things about five days and 10 days that they introduced now, 10 day, $40, five day, 75 that are done like insanely fast. Um, there's not many companies out there right now, in my opinion, in the sports car world that have really turned it around from last year to this year. When you think about it, um, I think a lot of people would probably say last year was just easier going based on demand. Uh, but the fact that demand is now higher for SGC and they are absolutely crushing it speaks volumes to me. And I can't say enough good things about what my experience has been with them. I don't know, Nate, do you have anything else to add to that? Um, I was just going to say, if you are a straight collector and you just want your card slabbed, hard to beat $30 from SGC um, or even cheaper if you go through a group server, right? Um, and so that's that's one thing to keep in mind. Uh, you can't get that with BGS. You can't get that with PSA. I guess you could go to a CSG or something if you wanted it cheaper, but they're not, you know, you're not getting the second fiddle in the market then for $30. And also keep in mind, you're not getting those turnaround times either. Those are so long with CSG to me. It doesn't even really, there's no point saying a CSG. Those labels are hideous and take so long and the secondary market values aren't there. I've heard of stories of people getting crushed on cards that they submit, you know, to other companies. Now, now, a friendly reminder that I literally referenced this with, if this is personal collection stuff. True. Yes. They are not looking to sell. But if you are looking to move cards, um, no, you you might not get the top end market value for 
an SGC 10 that you would get a PSA 10. But I can tell you that I was just looking at Julio Rodriguez uh, Mega Box uh, Mojo SGC 10s because I just had one come back. And the last one sold $160. Now, that's fixed price. Somebody popped it for $160. And the last sale prices of a PSA 10 are $200. And so if you're sitting on one of those cards and it costs you $30 to grade or $100 to grade, and you get the $100 one back in three months or the $31 one back in you know two weeks, three weeks, you can move it way quicker and you're only missing out on $40. That's you know, the, the $40 difference is already made up in the grading cost. I was going to hope you were going to say that. Um, and so, so for me, it, it's, it's, yeah, we're partners, but it's also a no brainer about how quickly you can get cards in, get cards back and get cards sold. Um, if you're looking to flip, it's going to work. It's going to work for my, for this Julio Rodriguez specifically. If I sign in for a hundred dollars, I'm not making, I'm not making any money probably. Uh, after fees and everything from selling from whoever I sell from, but with SGC, I am making. Can I bring up another point here? Because I think this point is so underrated that people just don't take into account enough. The fact that SGC built a grading scale that is different than PSA and different than BGS is amazing. You can get 9.5s at SGC and make money. You can get nines with SGC and make money. We've done that already. We've done it with 9.5s with the John Moran Prism Orange Ice. Uh, bought for 125 raw, graded for $30. You're at 155. It sold for $364 through PWCC Weekly Auction number two. That was net to us. It sold like 400 and something uh, final price. You can get SGC tens and make even more money. If you do happen to have an absolutely pristine card, you hit a gold label with SGC. It's a pop one most likely. It's going to sell for an absurd amount. The amount of risk that goes into grading a card at PSA right now is so high, so high. You're getting a nine or getting a 10 if your card is in mint to gem mint condition. Okay. Sometimes you can't even guarantee yourself if it's one or the other. I've had cards that I and others have thought will get a 10 and they have not. Um, and then you're stuck with the nine that you're probably going to lose money on. And also, you waited way longer to get back. The 9.5 in between the nine and 10 is an absolute game changer because it lowers your risk a ton. Most of the cards that we physically look at and understand and know that these things can get nine fives or tens, they do. Um, I would say that they're one of the fairest graders I've seen. I've had too many experiences where I send cards to PSA and they get crushed when I and others think that the grade is otherwise. Um, that I will say, like that was back in like April of last year when they were probably scaling their team really fast. Maybe they had inconsistencies, but it was also three hundred dollars a grade at that time, so it was not like an easy pill to swallow at all. Um, I'm just sitting on a soapbox right now talking about SGC because I do believe in a lot. And I really think that people who sit there and say no without either one, having bought an SGC slab or two, having graded the SGC, just haven't given it a fair shot. And I think they'd be pleasantly surprised if you do. There really is nothing better than sending in a submission 15 business days earlier and already having it come back. It's, it's, insane i think it's insane and it's awesome and i would highly recommend you give it a go and i will say this last thing here is that on our story we posted something um yesterday we actually put together a report on killian mbappe and i'm just going to explain the report right now so you listening on youtube and podcasts can hear this as if you were looking at our instagram page i know not everyone does everything right we post content to a lot of different places so kind of gotta just recap this for everyone um 
if you bought this card raw, this Killing Mbappe Obsidian, this is 2020. This is not even the first year of Obsidian. This is a second. This is not a rookie card. This is numbered off 195. Could have bought the card for $40 at the beginning of November or $47 on average. There's two sales, one lower, one higher. You pay $30 to grade the card. You're in it for $77. The SGC 9.5 sold in middle of January for $120. That's a 56% ROI pre-selling fees. Okay, it depends on where you sell it. So we can't really take into account selling fees. If you got the SGC 10, it's over $230 a few days ago. That's a 199% ROI on that super low risk option, not only buying the card for cheap, but also grading for cheap and getting it back fast. Um, you can't beat that. Like you really can't. And then I posted story polls to our story and I asked people, I'm just looking at it right now. Um, I s- straight up put up a poll. Are you grading with SGC yet? Yes or no. And it was 45% yes to 50% no. So then I said, and that, that makes sense, right? Like, like I said, not everyone have given a fair shot. 45% yes to 50% no. 45% yes to 50% to 55% no. Sorry. There we man. go. Yeah, yeah, there's 5%. It's like where'd the other 5% disappear to? It, it was on the no side. 45 to 55%. Okay, so then I asked, did you send cards to SGC one year ago or before that? We would actually fall in the category. Yes, I sent a submission like two and a half, three years ago. Um, but it was 21% yes, 79% no. That's a huge swing. Like that's not a small swing. 2080 to 4555, big time. Think about card centering. Think about how far off a 2080 is. Think about how close a 4555 is. I just had a brief uh, phone call interruption from Nate there. Thanks, Nate. I uh, appreciate that a lot. So why don't you pick up the discussion now and give your last take on SGC here? All right. Yeah, since we, since neither of us can remember what Aaron was saying before the phone call, um, I did have something I wanted to say. And Aaron had earlier said that and by earlier, I mean probably like two minutes ago in your time, but like 15 minutes in my time, um, that you can make money on SGC 10s, SGC 9.5, SGC 9 sometimes, but he didn't bring up the lowly SGC 8. And I just wanted to point out that you can, in fact, make money on SGC 8. Now, is it going to be an ultra-modern card? Probably not. Um, But I did just the other week send in a Jerry Rice 1986 Topps Rookie. Um, looked pretty good, thought it might get a good grade, so I sent it in. Now, the last three sales on February 1st, the auction sales February 1st, one went for $67.50, $69, and then there was another non-graded auction of $51.50. So let's say, on average, $65 bucks, um, for a non-graded Jerry Rice. And then you're spending $30 to get it graded. You're into that card for 95 bucks um, with shipping, let's say, $100. you are into the card for $100. The last Jerry Rice uh, SGC 8 sold for $191.50 January 30th, $173 January 25th, $182 January 23rd, $192 January 23rd, $207 January 23rd, uh, $227 January 23rd, $200 January 18th. Um, so somewhere between 200 and like 175 bucks. You're into that card for $100. You know, you're making 75 to $100 on an SGC 8. Let me uh, point out this. I like what Nate said. And the very last thing I want to say about this is that not every card you send you're going to make money on. Um, we've had one or a few that were 
cards that got eights and 8.5s, particularly like, you know, a Kobe rookie or like a 97 gold medallion Kobe or a uh, even that one. I think made money actually or Peyton Manning 20, 2008 tops Chrome copper out 425 got an 8.5. Um, all those cards were generally around break even or, or losing a couple dollars. Um, you have to do your due diligence all the way around when submitting cards. And that doesn't just go for SGC. It goes for any grading company. But I just want to make sure that when people hear me say, oh, man, 9.5 John Morant Orange Ice, like that's awesome. You made 200 some dollars on it. And that is that was awesome. But if you're not very careful with what cards you're buying and which ones you're looking at to send to get graded, you can get smoked. And that, like I said, it goes for any company, any grade, whatever it is. You just got to make sure you're doing your research, understanding what cards you're grading and why. If you do that, I promise you that you'll at least be very satisfied with not only the customer service, but the turnaround times. And on top of that, you'll learn a lot about what makes money and what doesn't. Um, I've learned now what makes money and what doesn't. You got to be careful. If you get an eight on uh, 96 flare showcase Kobe rookie, you're probably not going to make money. Um, you miss a giant ding on the back, like on the edge that it was hard to see, which I did. That was my fault, right? Like they gave it the proper grade and eight. And they ain't slamming on the grade. And I thought at first I thought it was going to be like a 9.5. And then you see the edge peel on the back and you're like, okay, that yeah, makes sense. It's an eight. Uh, but so I'll make sure everyone understands that that is all about due diligence and that not every single car makes money, but a lot of them, if you do the proper research and take the time, it does. And I'm super excited to see what our next submission is coming back because we've got cards as old as 1953 in there. Um, that Nate, Nate was able to secure for us and then cards as new as I'm sure 2020 in there that I picked up at a card show. So, and even some Steph Curry rookies. So it's gonna be really fun to see. And, uh, just implore everyone to take a look if, if they do, want to find a low cost quick turnaround and even potentially money maker that's the biggest thing i think a lot of people's discount right away they can't make money on them oh, that's not true and it also lowers your risk a lot and we've seen it a lot already happen for us i realize you might not be actually looking at the screen but i have been raising my hand to prove that very point uh you know you can mess up you can choose the wrong card to send in you may miss something like aaron missed the back edge right but thirty dollars Risking $30 on that is a lot better than missing it and risking 100 through PSA or mm -hmm. 100 through BGS, something like that. Um, and so that is another that is another area where if you are trying to learn grading, you don't have a very good eye. At the very least, SGC is a good place to learn it because you can send in cards without the huge downside of losing gigantic money. I... Uh... I just sent in my impeccable Mason Mount RPAs, which are multi-thousand-dollar cards. But I sent them in on the th you know thirty-dollar submission level, and I can't wait to see what the comeback is because when I'm no, I'm in them for thirty dollars. I'm slabbing my PC cards. They get eight fives, they get nines, they get nine five. I'd be a stack if we got nine point five. Um, really cool. So I can't wait. That's a fun one that I'll get back. I did that one on the ten day though. Let's try to see how fast that comes back. So I'll be for sure making a video on that one in the near future. Cool. Moving on on to the next subject, Nate. All right. So this earlier this week, Aaron posted a um, pulling it up right now. Yeah, pull it up right now. Perfect. There we so go. Aaron, Aaron posted a Instagram post, a hot listing of Luka Doncic select courts or not courts at concourse silver uh, PSA 10. And you can see this graph here. It's it's very drastic. Thirty five hundred dollars. And now it is under a thousand dollars since the first time it's been under a thousand dollars since early 2020 which is a very long time ago considering we're in 2022 now and considering um, how fast the sports car market changes like two years is a long time a very a very very long time and so it's under a thousand dollars from 3500 to under a thousand um pretty drastic 
And Luca's market, this specific card has moved more, uh, minus 73% than other players. And he states this in the Instagram post, Trey Young, 61%, Zion Williamson, 51%, Donovan Mitchell, 41%, Jason Tatum, 33%, and even Ja, even how, as hot as Ja has been, minus 4%. Yeah, those are all decreases, those percents that Nate gave. Yeah. Um, and so it got us thinking, you know, is this a case of, you know, is it just because it's a silver, a base, non-numbered, whatever, or is it the player market stagnating? You know, is there is there an issue where people are saying to themselves, mm, I've got fatigue with basketball cards, I've got fatigue with base or silvers, or I have fatigue with Luka Doncic specifically? Because Luka has moved. All of them have dropped, which should go to show you that there is some fatigue with maybe the basketball card market and the um, non-numbered market. And- and the non-numbered market, but the fact that Luca has dropped more is there fatigue with Luca? And I would say, largely, yes, there is some fatigue with guys like that. Uh, Luca himself, if you haven't seen his stats on the year, he's averaging two less points per game than last year. Um, he's shooting almost forty percent worse from three point than he did last year on less three point attempts per game. He's shooting worse from the field by almost 30%. Can you can you clarify the three-point percentage for us? So he's shooting 30.9%. Okay. He shot 35% last year. Okay. Um, and he's shooting less threes a game. So if you shoot less, if you shoot more threes, you expect your three-point percentage to go down a little bit because you trade volume um percentage for volume, right? You know, you shoot 10 threes, you're not still expecting somebody to shoot 40%. If you shoot two threes or three threes a game, you better be pretty open when you're taking them, and you should be closer to 40%. Does that make sense? Yep, for sure. So his stats are going down. Now his rebounds, his total rebounds are up. His total assists are up um, from the previous year. But his points per game and his shooting percentages are down. Uh, As a 22-year-old in the NBA um, that's also kind of a little bit on the people are with the Zion stuff and, you know, Zion being a little bit out of shape. I think people are always going to be a little bit worried about Luca being out of shape because um, he's not like the most jack dude in the world. Right. <clears throat> there he's, is not Gian- probably, he's, he's not Giannis out there. <laughs> he's not Giannis. He's not Giannis. So there is some fatigue. There is some fatigue. But then I ran some numbers and I just wanted to compare two different sports here. So I compared basketball to football no no players no players um because you can kind of gauge fatigue of players by just how much people talk about them and this and that um so we're not looking up luca cards but we're looking up basketball as a whole compared to football as a whole and so i went on to card ladder and i went on to their their card ladder ladder and i sorted two things i needed i did both psa 10 and sgc 10 so i only wanted those two cards otherwise there's gonna be a million bajillion cards so i only took psa 10 and sgc 10 examples for this and then i took all cards that dropped 30 percent or more or raised 30 percent or more in the last quarter um so this is not a six month thing this is not a you know one week thing two month thing this is a three month one quarter thing here and in the last quarter, basketball droppers that have dropped more than 30% totaled 547 cards that dropped more than 30% in the last quarter. Uh, to put that in perspective, football 
that was same season happening. And the reason I took football is because their season's happening and basketball season's happening. Baseball not currently happening and um, soccer and hockey. There's just not enough cards on card ladder right now. So <clears throat> we did basketball and football. So 547 total droppers of 30% or more for basketball compared to 114 total droppers of 30% or more for football. 18 of the 547 cards that dropped were numbered, uh, which is 3%. 3% of all 547 cards that dropped 30% were numbered. That's a minuscule, a minuscule number. If you want to compare it to football, the 114, five numbered cards out of the 114, which is 4%. So a real minuscule number here um, of numbered cards that are dropping. Uh, significant margins. I took 30% or higher. Um, you know, you could have taken 25% or whatever. I took 30%. And then you go to risers, 30% or more rising above. And there was 165 total basketball risers of 30% or more compared to 134 total for football. So not that much more, 30, 31 more um, basketball risers in the last quarter than football. And of the, of the numbered cards for risers, 11 were numbered out of the 165, which is 6% for basketball. 11 numbered out of 165, 6% of those 165 were numbered cards that rose. For football, 10 out of the 134 were numbered, so that is 7%. Um, 7% of the 134 cards that rose were numbered. Now, what do all these numbers tell us? And Aaron can probably give you an explanation himself after I give you my explanation, is one of two things. Number one, both these seasons went on at the same time. And we can see that the amount of basketball droppers, and you got to remember, there are a bunch of players in the NFL, way more players in the NFL than there are 53, man's, three, 53 men per team times X amount, um, 30, 32 teams, whereas there are 15 guys on an NBA roster times 30. Um, so there's way more football players. Now, Again, quarterback-driven league where you can have all five guys being investment pieces in the NBA. So I get the difference there. But 547 total guys dropped in price in basketball. compared Not guys, to all, cards. Cards. Compared to 114 total cards in football. That's wild to me. Same season. Seasons are going on at the same time. Um, in the last quarter, both these Seasons were fully underway, and there is a 400, a 400 card difference between basketball and football. So just right there, you can you can see that okay, basketball there might be some fatigue, and then you go to the risers, and there's only a 30 card difference between basketball risers and football risers, which is also shocking. Um, you know, if you figure 547 total droppers, maybe there should be more risers. There are just more basketball cards in the market, more people interested not the case and then you also get to the number of cards and why I bring up the percentages it just goes to show you that three percent of number of cards dropped out of the cards that dropped 30 percent or more for basketball and four percent for football six percent rose for basketball seven percent rose for football it goes to show you what we already know There is fatigue in basketball. There's clearly fatigue in basketball. You can see that. Not only not only player-specific fatigue, but just fatigue overall. But it's also super safe 
to be buying numbered. Like if you have base and silver, I would sell your base and silver and I would move it into something else because you can see here, there's a significantly higher percentage of cards that are rising numbered compared to dropping in number. Now yeah. it's not, it's a 3% difference, but it's, it's pretty su substantial. It's substantial. Uh, Nay, I bring this up every few months, but do you remember a year ago when we did our six month forecast, which was six months before the national. So the national happens in end of July, which means we did our six month forecast at the end of January, 2021. Mm -hmm. We both said at the exact moment, sell your base, sell your silver, sell your PSA grade cards that are like that because the more submissions that come back, the lower these things are going to fall. It's just supply and demand. Not much more to it than that. Uh, a year later, we're still going to say the same thing. Now, there's a difference if we're saying buy a bottomed out, you know, we talked about this last week, buy a bottomed out base PSA 10 that's not increasing in population at all anymore. If the player plays better, you can make a budget flip. That's not really the area we're talking about here um, as much so as like, you know, if you're spending more money going forward, um, you just have higher potential buying number of cards and grading them or even buying graded number of cards, whatever it might be. Uh, just based off of supply and demand. Now, there's a couple things I want to bring up. Nate, did you finish what you want to say? Yeah, I did. All right. So there's some caveats to bring up here. Um, but mm -hmm. caveats that will be disproven also at the same time. Just stuff we need to keep in mind. So right now, I just pulled up the screen share. I didn't want to pull it up prematurely. But we're looking at the index tab on Card Ladder. I want to show a Card Ladder here. Uh, this is Card Ladder Pro. That's how Nate got all of that research. In the link in the bio right now, there's a seven-day free trial you can use going through our link. Hit that link. Sign up for the seven-day free trial. You can access everything that Nate just said. You can access everything I'm doing right now. Um, and it's amazing resource, insane resource. So this is the index page and it shows all the different sports. Um, here's basketball and football, which is what Nate was referencing only. So we'll focus on that for this moment. And this is over the last month. So basketball rose about a percent in the last month. Overall index football about 16%. A lot of that probably driven by Joe Burrow high in sales and stuff. Um, but also there's a lot of other football cards that are doing well, like Herbert and uh, Josh Allen and Mahomes and other guys. Now, the biggest key here to, to kind of talk about what Nate's research was, was in basketball, if you look at total cards that they track on uh, Card Lab Pro, 11,541. Uh, you compare that to football, and there's only 3,271 total cards tracked. So in some sense, it's like, yeah, there's going to be more fallers in basketball because there's over three times as many cards tracked. Now, what changes is when you compare 500 and some fallers over 30% compared to like 100 and some risers over 30 percent for basketball that's a huge difference but when football when nate says there's a hundred and some fallers but also a hundred and some risers and even there's more risers than fallers that's really a comparison so it is kind of hard to sit there and say 547 fallers in basketball compared to 150 something in football or 100 whatever it was more than 30 47 droppers to uh 114 yeah, so th that those numbers comparison really doesn't work because there's way more cards tracked in car lab for basketball and football um but you can compare inside of the sport and right there, it's pretty obvious as to how the markets are moving for each sport. Um, another thing I'll add to is like, just by the nature of how this stuff works and how sales come in um, for the court, for them to show up in the quarterly risers or fallers, there has to be a sale in the last quarter of said card. Um, it's going to just inherently make there be less numbered cards show up in card ladder as quarterly risers or fallers. Cause they might not have sold in the last quarter. So like, you might say to yourself, oh, well, why is card ladder only tracking five numbered cards versus 115 non-numbered cards for football? Well, they're not. They're tracking a lot of numbered cards. It's just that card hasn't sold in the last quarter. Um, and then on top of that, the last thing that I'm going to say is that I want to look at not only basketball versus football, but basketball versus baseball. And this is going to be an Instagram post I'm going to share. Um, 
this is different than football because these were not ha- seasons were not happening at the same time. A lot of this stuff could have to do with off season, and we might see the same exact thing with basketball, but in reverse of baseball come, you know, July or something. But put up this post on Instagram about the Vlad Jr. This is a SEC 10 gem mint 2019 Bowman Chrome rookie. It rose 55% in the last three months. But right here, I want to highlight this. According to Card Ladder Baseball Index, 3,275 total cards tracked. Uh, the baseball card market grew 3.41% over the past quarter, while the basketball index, which is 11,000 cards, like I said, grew only 0.47%. So that's like over six times as much growth in baseball over the last three months than basketball. Um, and that's I, with a lockout. Yeah, with a lockout. I get it. it's the offseason. And I understand the last three months of basketball, you're pretty much saying like after the first month and some change of the season until now, but you already kind of expect that drop in the first month of the basketball season outside of your guys that are really taking it to the next level, like a John Morant. Um, Cole Anthony or something like that. Yeah, so like I would say like, man, by that point, you you probably have the guys that aren't playing well or dropping. But like this is more than that. It's more than that. Um, I think a lot of comments on that. I mean, the season Dante, starts in October. Exactly. We're in February. Oh, exactly. So, you know, you're talking January, December, November. So you're already a, a month past or whatever. I mean, um, in four, we're, four months ago, the season started. In four months, the season's going to be finishing in the finals. Mm-hmm. You know? But I will say, from this point on to the finals, this is normally a pretty hot period for basketball. Like, you might see this dip, but then you might see this rise through the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying it's going to guarantee it happen, but I can for sure see it happen in the number card aspect. And don't get me wrong. This is not here saying the sports card market is dead. Like, every single person wants to say who sits there and looks at that Luka Doncic card who doesn't, like, sports cards i guess because there's a lot of people who aren't saying that but there's a lot of people who do say that and we just clearly gave a lot of examples with the whole sgc grading thing we're doing it's going well and everything you just got to know where to pick and choose your spots now um you got to use historical research i know it's not going to predict every single trend going forward but can for sure shine light on what matters and what doesn't um and it's gonna it's gonna just keep on doing that thing 2022 i actually like really enjoy where we're at in the card market right now for a lot of people who like might own those base or silvers or non-numbered. You might be upset and you might be discouraged. You might be this or that. I, I urge you to not be discouraged. A lot of people um, have lost money in those aspects. I lost a little bit of money along the way with some different soccer cards. I was buying a little bit too hyped and stuff. Um, nothing like catastrophic, but we've all lost money in regard in sports cards. I've lost a lot of money in the last 13 years. I've also made a good amount of money in the last 13 years. So it all balances out and generally more than less if you Learn, get better, and move forward. And I think that's the biggest thing. And if you have a process, if you have have a process you believe in and stick to, like if you're just all, if you're haphazard all over the place, like anything else in life, it's going to be hard to make money. Yep. And, and that's, I think the biggest point is that I love, I love where we're at in 2022 with sports cards um, because of how it's become much more, I think, individually process orientated than uh, whatever's talked about flies up by a million percent, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, that was so ridiculous. You get guys that somebody talks about Joe Blow and uh, that card spikes 40% overnight and it stays up. It's like that that should never happen. It should always be it should have always been what's happening on the field or maybe some specific event off the field like dude go runs into a burning house and saves a family or something, you know. <laughs> and, and I I uh and also add into that too demand in the card market, just what people start to want to collect more too. You know, it's yeah. another third factor. And I know that people might sit there and say, oh, well, you guys are the ones who are also talking about people. Well, we do, but we also say, hey, don't 
don't care what we say. We talk about these guys because we like them. I talk about Giannis so much because I love Giannis and I would love to have some of those cards, which I do, and see them grow in value as he grows on the court and stuff. It's like, I don't want the next guy to go buy him. So my card increases by 1% or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's not in about fact, that. it's the last last thing Aaron and I ever want you guys to do. Yeah. Is I totally you, use us for information. Use us for a source of entertainment. But don't use us to then be like, oh, Nathan talked about Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease, I have to go buy him. I have to go buy him because Nathan talked about him. No, 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 no. Do your own research. If you agree with me, then by all means, go buy some Dylan Cease. But if you don't agree with me and you still go buy Dylan Cease, that's where I'm. we do not want that to happen. Speaking of Dylan Cease, we bought our first ever Dylan Cease in, or at least first, I don't know, we might have had a Dylan Cease card at one point, but we did get a Dylan Cease in the 2022 Quest Episode 2 with Weekly Auction, number two through PWCC. So, Nate, I think it's finally time to flip over to that. We did, uh, hey, oh, I think we beat the, the horse a lot there with that. So, I hope that people enjoy that topic. Let us know in the comments what your thoughts are on the market fatigue. Um, if you feel it with basketball, if you're going to something else, if you're collecting other stuff you like. So, let us know what your thoughts are. We gave ours and we'd like to hear yours too. So for the weekly auction number two, it was the second episode of our FlipQuest 2022. Very excited about this stuff. It's so much fun. We had the most engagement ever on our live stream uh, on January 30th, the Sunday at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time. There's like over 150 people in there concurrently. And we hope that more could join us this upcoming Sunday. So February 6th at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time, you'll find the same place you're watching us right now on YouTube or if you're on podcast, come to YouTube. We'll be on YouTube live buying through the PWCC weekly auction number three. Um, of course, everyone, as always, is in partnership with PWCC. But every single thing we buy, every single thing we say, all of our opinions, analysis, all comes from us. Uh, we do this because we believe in and we want to share our journey with you. And I, I love how it's going so far. It's actually been amazing. So we are on weekly auction number two. And here are our pickups for those that missed it on Sunday. So we pretty much grabbed is around like $400 with the cards after buyer's premium. Our first purchase here was courtesy of Nate. Nate, tell us about Reese Hines. Give us a 20-second lowdown. I swear if you take more, cutting you off the stream right now. Reese Hines, massive power, third baseman, real questionable hit tool. The play here is he manages to make it up to the majors, and he can slug 40 bombs while hitting 240 with the Reds. It's got to be worth a $28 gamble. Love it. So that was our plan, Reese Hines. And then we also got our second baseball card, Nate, obviously Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease, huge strikeouts, um, made good strides in the hits per nine, walks per nine last year. If he can just continue to make incremental increases, he becomes a star. And this is a blue refractor rookie auto from Topps Chrome PSA 9 out of 150. We got for 52. Like this is the type of card I think we're referencing. We're talking about <clears throat> your numbered cards. On card autographs. This is this I feel like was awesome for fifty two, Nate. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the blue ink on the blue border. Yeah, that is nice for sure. Uh, this was my choice here was Carl Towns Stargazing Galactic PSA ten. This is a second year card here. Insert. It's an absolutely beautiful insert. Stargazing is one of my favorites ever. Uh, and the BGS nine point five sold for like one hundred fifty dollars last uh, June. Towns has been unreal this year. Got from one fifty six seemed like a no brainer. Uh, and then we have the giveaway MPJ red of 199 PSA nine. That's already transferred to the new owner. So congrats to, I think it was Nicholas Hayes who won this in our live stream. So if you do come to our live streams on Sundays, you can win a card free during our bidding streams. We, we will win at least one card to stream to give away. We haven't won more than one yet, but we probably will in the near future. And uh, we gave away that one. And then this was also my choice was a uh, Sabrina Ionescu green ice PSA eight for 138. Uh, this made 
this, it made too much sense to me to grab this. It's an extremely rare card. There's like two lists on eBay. The cheapest is a buy it now for 400 some dollars. Uh, so to get a PSA for 138 made a lot of sense to me. It's a rookie from 2020 Prism WNBA. Um, super popular, popular athlete, of course. A lot of people know her, even if you don't watch WNBA. And That's then I also exclusive, exclusive, right? Yeah, Green Knights is Fanatics exclusive. I think it is for WNBA. Also, I know it was for NBA Prism. Um, and then uh, this was another <laughs> another fun Aaron blunder, I guess you could say. It's twelve dollars though. It's a uh, Cole uh, Bardreau. I think uh, this is SP Authentic 2019 Hockey Future Watch of 9.99 PSA 10. When I was placing all of our initial bids, I'm like Future Watch PSA 10 number. That's a no brainer. Uh, I didn't even really look at the player. Just was like, hey, it's pretty sweet. 2019 as a rookie, so I'm like, I can't be that old, right? Well, now he's like a 29 year old forward for the Islanders who plays in the AHL. But it's 12 dollars, so you never know. Guy gets called up, hits like two goals in three games, and it might be like 20 bucks. But yeah. that's a fun one, whatever. Um, it's 12 dollars. So for what we did sell in the weekly auction number two, this. These do not count towards the FlipQuest 2022. I've already made that clear in the previous episodes. Only what we buy starting in 2022 will count towards the actual sales and profit and everything. Uh, but this will just give us more funds to buy more cards this uh, this year. And this SGC 9.5 John Moran sold for 356 net to us. So that sold for like 400 something with buyer's premium, uh, the actual sales value. But we received $364 of it, which is unreal. This was the one I got for 125 at a show, graded for 30. Um, that's a huge profit. This was the pay to mag I referenced that didn't work out as planned because it got an 8.5. I thought I've got like a 9.5. I probably missed something. So it's for 41. Pretty much around a break even. I didn't spend more than like $20 on that card. So probably lost like $10 on it, but you know, made it up with this. Especially hey, that's a pop one of one right there. It is a pop one. None grade higher too. You'll have to see that. Uh, Justin Herbert, 2020 Select Silver SGC 10. We sold for 203. I bought that one for 40 at a show. Graded for 30. Um, that you know, it's really good profit right there too. 130 bucks around there. And then this PSA 10 Rodrigo is actually a flip from PWCC. I bought this thing through like one of the first auctions for like, it's like $15 or something sold for 36 that we received on it. So that makes up for the pay to manning right there. But more importantly, uh, what we did just do is we committed our 2016 prism silver PSA 10 Jalen Brown, the one that I accidentally won for $516 in the very first weekly auction. Number one, uh, in January 23rd. So that will count towards our flip quest 2022 with the actual sales numbers. We don't know when that one's going to be scheduled to sell for yet, but I'm really excited about that one. I'm going to show you why right now with Car Ladder Pro Collection Tool. Okay, so here we are at Car Ladder Pro. This is our collection tool. We named FlipQuest 2022. This is going to house all of our cards that we're buying through the PWCC weekly auctions this year. And um, as you can see, it's all right there. And it's got the projected profit on each card so far. So at number one, it's Jalen Brown. Uh, plus $100 projected profit based off of his market movement since we bought it. And he's been insanely hot. The Celtics have been insanely hot. Has this as has Jason Tatum since then. Uh, so we committed that one to an upcoming auction to see like, hey, can we actually flip a card and add some to the collection stuff to buy more? So we'll see how that goes. I'm a, it's pretty exciting seeing our first card committed. And we did take out 50% off of, uh, or took out 50% on the insured value of the card through PWCC, which is an amazing option. I cannot stress it enough. The fact that you can commit cards to an auction with them to get, Really good sales values from what we've been seeing. The auctions have been going super well with PWCC to start 2022. And then get 50% at the moment you commit the card uh, is unreal. You know, it's it's an unmatched process in my opinion. It's extremely easy to do all of this. It's all digital. It's all click here, click there, done, list, take out the advance. Super easy. It's, it's an How amazing How long does it process. take to get into your account? The card itself from when you buy it? No, the, the advance. 
So if you submit the event advance on like a Monday or Tuesday, it posts on a Wednesday to you. So you'll receive the money in your bank account by like a Thursday. Um, if you do as PWCC credit, I'm sure it's like nearly instant. And then as for like, if you do it on like a Friday, it's, they always do it on Wednesdays as a payout date. So the Friday versus Tuesday wouldn't make a difference, okay. but um, that's what it is. And then car ladder collection tool, it does other obviously metrics on some of our other cards. Uh, the Cole Bardro, uh, Bardro, Bardro, I don't even know how to pronounce that name. I shouldn't even try. Uh, Reese Hines and then Dylan Cease, those, there's no player indexes for them in car ladder. So we're just marking as what we paid for it so there's no profit there and then the other ones are saying the the cat the jason tatum and the steven stamkos are negative right now but i'm still super confident in those cars i mean there must might have just been some falls in like some prison base or silvers of these guys but all these cards are super rare and sought after i at least think for each player um i know second year galactics aren't like insanely sought for but they're also super cheap for town so it won't take much to move the needle there but yeah that's what we got so far for flip course 2022 now we do want to look at some items that are going through weekly auction number three this Sunday, the February 6th. Nate, tell us what we're looking at on the screen right now. Which card are you like, man, that card is so cool. So you'll notice one color. Oh, I guess you'll notice two colors on this screen that are a little bit different. But one that really pops out. And it's the one between the cognacs there. And it's the Hope Diamond. Um, and I find this Babe Ruth Hope Diamond to be cool for a number of reasons. Uh, one, it's a Hope Diamond number to 60 sweet very sweet like that is iconic number two same year as mike trout's rookie just kind of a cool like cool thing you get a babe ruth card from the same year as one of the other all-time greats in baseball history um's rookie card love that and then lastly i feel like i see a lot of babe ruth cards and they're always panini every cool babe ruth card i see nowadays usually is panini bat relic panini this panini that Really nice to see a Topps um, uh, Babe Ruth here, and just an absolutely, it's a stunning card. Hope Diamond out of, is a stunning card. I love it, and the fact that it's Babe Ruth makes it even that much better. I like it. I like it. The funny thing here, Nate, I don't know if you noticed this. Cognac, uh, BGS 9.5, BGS one, Pop 2. One of two? Yep. Number uh, 60, one of eight. Uh, clearly, it's just back in the day, I'm sure it's like, why would you grade a Cognac Babe Ruth when it's yeah. probably like a 20 cent card, you know? Um, but obviously, at least the Hope Diamond carried weight back then, too. But now it's, I mean, either way, both are super dope. It's cards. just a great looking card. Even the normal Diamond Anniversary, man, I started collecting baseball heavy like right around then. And that Diamond said, I know I'd never pull a Trout Diamond, but they're just, they're just so cool, the cards. Uh, as for the card that I am intrigued with, and it's actually just going to like, Kind of speak to a lot of cards in this auction. It is a TJ Watt Kaboom PSA 9, and I do want to pick this thing up for the PC as I don't really have any good TJ Watt cards. Of course, Wisconsin Badger, best defensive player in the NFL. Could have been a Packer, whatever. Could have been a Packer. Oh, my gosh. Kevin King versus TJ Watt. Come on. All right. Either way, uh, this card, There's plus there's many others. There are a lot of cards in here that are like PC-oriented cards for me. There's a lot of Jonathan Taylor. Um, there's even Devonta Adams Kaboom, which is a PSA 6 in here. <laughs> I want to see how cheap that goes. Maybe I can snag it for like 30 bucks. Um, but it won't be that cheap. 
Do not forget Sunday at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time. We will be live on February 6th again, live bidding. We do encourage you to come. It's a great time. Tons of collectors are talking about the market, what's going on, what they're buying. We talk about what we're buying, and it's, a, it's, it's an awesome time. And don't forget, there is a link in the description on this video that you can click to get immediately onto the weekly auction number three. Get in all your bids now. Qualifying for all of your bids early matters because extended bidding does start at 10 p.m. Eastern time. If you don't have a qualifying bid on, in on an item that you want at that point, you cannot bid the rest of the night and try to win it. So it does matter a lot. We encourage you to do that. And uh, that's it for FlipQuest episode number two. Uh, but now let's hop into our last segment of the show for Nate and I, and it is the who's hot, who's not. All right. For our who's hot, who's not of the week, we've got our who's hot. And how could we talk about anybody else but Matthew Stafford? I guess we could have talked about Joe Burrow, but we've talked about Joe Burrow quite a bit. So we got to show some love to Matthew Stafford and Rams fans and Lions fans, because this is the Lions Super Bowl right here. Matthew Stafford of the Rams were playing the 49ers for the seventh seventh time. They lost the last six. They won this one. They finally won it. Matthew Stafford gets all the bad juju from being a Detroit Lion off his back. The Rams get all the bad juju from the 49ers off their back, and they are going to the Super Bowl. Um... Guys stepped up all across the field for them. They won 20-17. to 17. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Stafford himself, not only just going to the Super Bowl, but he had a great season. He threw for 4,900 yards uh, and 41 touchdowns. I do think he led the league in interceptions, but that's the Stafford experience, and he's in the Super Bowl. They gave up first-round picks for him, and it has worked out marvelously. So this is crazy right here. So we're looking at the 2009 Contender Stafford Auto PSA 10. The last sale of this was $3,500 on January 30th. That's a Pop 72 card. If you look right here on 12-4, the, the sale was 12-14-2021, uh, 1525 Like I said, most recently, 3500 for a 130% rise, nearly $2,000 total value gain. And there's one, two, three, four, five sales that occurred between those two points. So it was a very like kind of gradual climb, and then it kind of hit a little bit more of a steeper uh, incline. And if you look at the pop of this card, there's been none added uh, since the pop was starting to be tracked on the 18th of November, which is not surprising at all. But what's interesting is that the card ladder estimate right now is 4410 Uh The card ladder estimate value comes into play when they track a player's overall market growth or decline uh, over X amount of period of time since the last sale. So literally this is saying the last sale happened on $3,500 on January 30th, 2022. We're recording this on February 2nd. This is like within three or four days. Um, since that point, they're saying that this card has gained $900 in value according to how his overall market has trended. So this is really showing how hot his market really is because it isn't even limited at that $3,500. Um, is it going to be exactly 44.10 the next day of this? Probably not. Will it be close? Probably. Um, given that this sells before they would lose the Super Bowl or win even. Who knows what happens after that point. But, uh, man, talk about hot market. Matthew Stafford is right there. And for our who's not of the week, we've got the Slim Reaper, Kevin Durant. Of course, not everything is always um, production-wise. They're like, you know, playing well on the court, not playing well on the court. Kevin Durant is dropping for a whole nother reason, and that is because he has an MCL sprain. Um, should put him out four to six weeks. And with his MCL sprain comes some James Harden injuries. Uh, Kyrie Irving is back now and playing, but the Nets have been atrocious. Uh, they got stopped by the Suns. 
last night, and they've lost five straight games. Um, obviously, losing Kevin Durant, the best player in the NBA, if you ask me. I mean, I love Giannis, and I love LeBron, and I love all those other guys, but if I have to take one guy, I'm taking Kevin Durant. And uh, losing him for 46 weeks has been tough on the Nets, and they are sliding, sliding, sliding down the rankings. And uh, you know what else is sliding? That card. That 2007 tops. It's the uh, white base number two. Now, this card was not packed pulled. This came in like a rookie team set. Uh, I fully believe that. If I am wrong, if it came in something other than a rookie team set, let me know. But I do believe it was number like one to 12 or something, or maybe it's like one to 15, the lottery picks. Uh, let me know. But this is number two. The one pulled out of the pack is a black uh, base card. And it's very tough to grade, by the way. I actually have a PSA 8 of each of these. I bought them for like a dollar back in 2010, uh, my first card show. But um, it dropped 45% in the last three months. Uh, that's minus $390. This PSA 10 of this white border card started at $860 on November 3rd. Now it's at $470. Uh, of course, you know, we talked about market fatigue. Yeah, there's probably some market fatigue going into this. I mean, you look from like November 3rd, Nate, to like the middle of December, KD's playing unreal, right? And mm -hmm. it still dropped 200 some dollars, 250 some dollars. That's straight up the base fatigue, the basketball market fatigue. And but now the the most recent price drop, which has been another hundred and some dollars or so, is injury based. Um, is it this card that makes you money on KD? I, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna bet on a white border PSI 10 making you money. Um, is it something else? Maybe because I think that, like Nate said. Katie is amazing. If he stays healthy, he plays really well normally all the time. Just dynamic score and everything. Yeah, you Kevin all know Durant the by himself was a toe. A toe away from sending the Bucks home in the second round and yeah. probably going on to win a championship. So he can do it. Now, with that being said, we are selling our 2007 Finance Refractor PSA 10. We bought through PWCC a couple months ago. That's more to get more stuff in the door. Less of not believing Kevin Durant that he'll come back from the injury. Uh, my hope is that with the timing of how PWCC schedules out the auctions, that that auction schedules right around when he's returning from injury, given that happened a few weeks ago and the four to six weeks timeline, it might line up perfectly. Um, or at least it's close to when he's returning. So there should be a date and people will be hyped up about it. So that was the play there, less of not believing KD. But um, yeah, definitely Kevin Durant between the fatigue, the base card fatigue and, and the injuries. Who's not right now? We're sending it over to Zach to talk about the U.S. national team now and that transfer market. So listen to Zach for some Slap Sox FC soccer coverage, and we'll see you all at the very end of the episode. What is up, everybody? It's Zach from Matt Premier Soccer Investing coming at you with yet another Slap Sox FC YouTube video. Let's get into it. So obviously the transfer window, the January transfer window, just back wrapped up. And one of the biggest stories to come out of it was a player who didn't even transfer, and that Killian Mbappe, there's been rumors – None of it has been verified, but there have been rumors that he has agreed to a pre-contract agreement with Real Madrid, and that that is where he will be signing this summer when his contract at PSG is up. PSG still feels that they have a chance to re-sign him, but if he leaves, and I think he's going to, Real Madrid is the place he's going to go. And as you can see from this data coming from Card Ladder here, uh, his market is up. His 2017 top scrum Champions League refractor PSA 10 is up almost $1,000. The past month up 25%. By the way, everyone can access this card ladder data for free trial using the link in bio. Strongly recommend it. Great tool for all, all collectors. Moving on, the biggest 
transfer probably to actually happen this window was Dusan Vlahojevic joining Juventus from Fiorentina. And while he doesn't have too many cards out there, the cards that he does have are up in value, as you can see. His 2016-17 Panini FIFA 365 SEC 10 is up 23%, and his Panini Contenders rookie ticket is up 72%. Coming off the back of this move, uh, he's going to be – he's the future Juventus at that striker position, and I really think he's going to succeed. He was wanted by teams all across Europe, including Arsenal and Tottenham in the Premier League, but Juventus was a team he picked for a huge transfer fee at over 75 million euros. Then another transfer that happened, and this is a – Bit of a word of caution on just always investing in young players is Dele Alli. And if you remember Dele Alli at the peak of his powers at Tottenham 2016-17, over 20 goals and 10 assists that season in the Premier League, he was amazing. Looked like he had the world at his feet, only 20 years old at the time. And it's just been a steep decline ever since. And he's moving to Everton on what right now is a free transfer, but could rise to 10 million up to even 30 million relating to performance related clauses in the contract. But not every young player is going to work out. Even ones who look amazing at the start of their career and Dele is the example of that. And moving on to other business Tottenham did in the window, signing Dijon Kulisevsky and Rodrigo Bedenker from Juventus. Strong signings there for Tottenham as they look to chase down that top four spot. And then great news for all soccer fans to see. Christian Eriksen is back and playing professional football again after, obviously, his extremely scary incident in the Euros. He's been deemed – he's passed all his medicals and he's been deemed allowed to play again, and he's signing with Brentford uh, in the Premier League, and I think he, he's going to be super fun to watch there. Brentford plays really good football. Eriksen, obviously, is just a super silky, creative player, and I think he's going to do well there. I really – and I'm really just happy to see it. Christian Eriksen back in the Premier League and back just playing again. It's it's really is beautiful to see. And then one of the big surprises in this window was uh, Arsenal decided to terminate Obama Yang's contract, and he subsequently has signed with Barcelona. Uh, it really was a rough window for Arsenal. No significant incoming transfers, down to only two senior strikers, lost – their player who at the start of their season was their captain and their highest paid player on a free. Um, not looking good for them as they try to push on for top four. And this signing for Barcelona, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if a bang's head is in the right place and he is all this just always off the field drama too. But Xavi is getting players in to Barcelona somehow, some way with the financial situation they're in, but he's doing it. And then another transfer Barcelona did beat out Tottenham for this one was Adama Traore. Traore started his career at Barcelona before moving to England, but he's back now. The right wing back, I think, will really, really fit in well. Barcelona, his strength, his pace, his attacking power. Uh, I like this signing a lot for them. And this is this is huge as they challenge for that cha much, much needed Champions League spot uh, the rest of the way. And then... This is probably my favorite signing over the window. Uh, Liverpool signing Porto's uh, striker slash winger, also for the Colombian national team, Luis Diaz. I think this guy's – this is their long-term replacement for Mane. I think this guy's going to be a star in a couple years, and he's really going to be one to watch 
uh, moving on. And that was a spectacular signing from Liverpool. And it it really hurts me to say that because Tottenham was really going hard after him and just got beat. But great signing by Liverpool. And then the other big development so far, January, is this international window. USA is playing three games versus El Salvador and then Canada. But first, this El Salvador game, they beat El Salvador 1-0. Pretty unspectacular performance. Got the job done, though. And Anthony Jedi Robinson with the winning goal in that one. Really not much to talk about. Three points against a poor team. Moving on. And then this was a tough one. Playing in Canada on artificial turf, which is an absolute joke, in my opinion, to be playing that level of a football match on artificial turf. But that's besides the point. Um in Canada, the U.S., well, they didn't necessarily play terrible. or definitely not playing great either. Probably deserved to lose on the balance of the chances created in that game. And then ended up losing 2-0. Bearhalter a little delusional in his press conference afterwards, and they dominated. Watching the game, I did not feel like we were dominating, but he's the manager. I'm not. Uh, definitely a tough loss, though, because the U.S. could have leapfrogged Canada into first in uh, CONCACAF with a win, which they obviously did not get. And as you can see, the live standings, Canada up four on the U.S. Uh, U.S. still in a very good position to make the World Cup, um, playing, I believe, Honduras tonight in Minnesota. And should they make the World Cup, the man to benefit the most from it would probably have to be Christian Pulisic. So Pulisic's player is a player whose market has been up and down this whole season as minutes with Chelsea fluctuate and then U.S. national team performances as well. But as you can see from this card here, it's 2016 Panini Select Multicolored Prism PSA 10. He's been doing well um, so far uh, since November of 2021, up almost 56%, $400 from $730 up to $1,149. Pulsic, he's Captain America. He's the leader of this team. He's the star player of this U.S. team. And in the end, probably we're going to go as far as he takes us. And while this card is up over $400, there's still tons of room to grow. Think of if the U.S. qualifies for the World Cup and then makes a run. Who are all the people going to flock to? They're going to be flocking to Pulsic. And then this remains true, a little bit less true, but still holds true for guys like Ricardo Pepe, Weston McKenney, any other breakout stars that might arise in this upcoming year for the U.S. men's national team. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. I still think now is a great time to be getting into these uh, American players that you think that I think will be playing big roles for this team in the World Cup because the World Cup is the most watched sporting event in the world. It's going to bring people who weren't necessarily into soccer cards into soccer cards for that World Cup mostly American guys, and who are they going to be buying? They're going to be buying American players. It's going to it's gonna be bringing people who weren't even into soccer as a sport into soccer, and then those people down the line will hopefully transition their way into cards, and then that's more growth for the American soccer market. So this upward trend, should the U.S. make the World Cup and have a decent performance, let's say get into the round of 16 quarterfinal stage, you're going to see uh, the prices for guys like Pulisic, McKenney. Pepe, the stars of the U.S. men's national team, their prices will skyrocket because of that. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, for If you want to access Card Ladder, there will be a link in the description.
as I said earlier in the video, I'll say it again. Great tool, great way to track your collection, the value of prices, see trends, all that good stuff. Thank you all, everyone, again for another great weekly slide. This was episode number nine. Keep it on building, and please let us know in the comments if you do have any feedback, anything you want to see. We all appreciate all the all the feedback you all give. It means a lot. Uh, you know, we do appreciate the positive feedback a lot. But if there's some negative or some uh, feedback that you want to give, please let us know because it will help help us make better weekly slabs going forward, which I'm, everyone wants. You know, not just us, but I'm sure you all too as a listener. So, thank you all for listening once again, Nate. Thank you for joining. We're going to see you on the weekly slab number ten. See you guys.